What's going on, everybody? It's Dan from the Top 10% Podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us this week. It is Wednesday, the 17th of August. Not sure when this one will air, but uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit with one of our um, our partners and uh, one of their team. Um, we're going to talk a little bit different things about, one, we're going to touch base on him and, and what he is about and where he come from and how he got his ties to uh, to five two, um, and then also we're going to jump into a couple different strategies and the way that he attacks the hunting game, uh, kind of a different perspective as opposed to what uh, we do here regularly at Top Ten. So we're going to dive into that. We got a couple other good episodes that are coming. Um, buck poll. If you haven't filled it out, you've got a little bit more time. I think I'm going to shut that thing down. Um, probably sometime next week. The link is on our Instagram um, at the top 10% podcast, or I'm sure you can find it somewhere in one of my, um, you know, one of my posts on our Facebook page as well. But uh, we're going to shut that down and go over all of the details, uh, get a little analytics and, and kind of give you guys some tools to go into uh, the season with. Um, probably... Within the next week or so, I got a couple other ideas and things that we're working on, some other guests and stuff that are coming down the pipe, trying to do some different things as opposed to what everybody's got out there and hearing the same old, same old over and over again. So nonetheless, um, stay tuned for a great episode. But before we do that, um, this week, uh, again, uh, we have Brent Richmond from 5-2 Outdoors, and uh, we want to thank 5-2 Outdoors for all of their contributions here to the podcast and also Top 10. Um, Dale's been great with us and for us as the uh, way to go seed king. So um, if you haven't got your fall seed yet and you get questions, you need to get that in the ground ASAP. Um, should be doing grain bin and overseeding that with some overtime and a couple other things. Um, kind of out of the window with the lots of leaf, but uh, Dale might be able to give you some pointers as far as other things to get in the ground. So reach out to those guys. We do have a code. It is top 10, five or top 10 spelled out 10. Um, either of those will get you either 5% or 10% off, just depending on how much you spend. So nonetheless, thanks for uh, all the likes, follows and shares. And uh, jump on our YouTube if you haven't yet. we got a bunch of new content coming, um, filming regularly. And then as we go into season here, a lot of stuff is going to be dropping. So, um, again, enjoy. <laughs> Bro, I just shot T-Bar. Oh, my God. Look at that top. This episode of the Top 10% Podcast is brought to you by Top 10% Hunting Headquarters, located in Coldwater, Michigan, your premier AR manufacturing outlet. Let's get back to your host, Dan Carter, of the Top 10% Podcast. Welcome back to the Top 10% Podcast. I am Dan Carter, your host. With me today, we have a, well, we got a room full. 
couple unmentionables over there, he says. And then we have Tribal in here, of course. And then we got uh, just a couple of the guys from 5-2 Outdoors. But the important one that we have, not the Seed King because he's over there sleeping on the couch. But we have Brent Richmond, one of the 5-2 Outdoors team. Um, so welcome on with us, Brent. Thank you. Nice so, to be here. Yeah, no, we're we're glad to have you. We appreciate you coming down to headquarters and uh, hanging out with us uh, in our ugly mugs here. And uh, we're going to try and do something different. As we normally dive into things, um, when we have you guys on, we kind of dive into the seed side. I really would like to go, you know, yeah, we can pound that a little bit and, and talk about, hey, it's time to, you know, put some oats in the ground or grain bin and overseed it with overtime. And we can get Dale on here if we need to do that. But really what I'd like to do is I'd like to take your approach, which is a little bit different than what the top 10 approach is normally. Still approach on the top 10%, but from a different perspective because you hunt more public land, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. You don't have but just a small piece of, of private access, correct? So my cousin does let me um, hunt. It's about an hour and a half away from okay. uh, my house. But since I had my daughter, I don't have much time to drive back and forth, so I'm Strictly hunting public land this year. Yeah, that, that brings up a big point. You know, a lot of times people, you know, there is a level of, of time that's involved in that. And we we have a tendency to forget about that point in the drive time. Of course, tribal, we always forget about it because we're, we're driving everywhere all the time, it seems like, right? I just got back from a job. Yeah, I know you did. Today, after you just got back from a job two days oh, ago, yeah, right? I back, I want to back it up. What is your role with 5-2 Outdoors? I I'm, think that's I'm going, yeah, I'm going there next. There? Yep. So I I wanted to give a little bit of an intro that kind of twisted things around to kind of get his approach because he does have a different background and a different style that he also brings to the table for some other people obviously can push the mineral for Dale and and a couple different things that he can do that, um, you know, as they get out out of state and, and lots of different things that he can do in these other other public land places that not necessarily are the same here, but he has a different approach as opposed to what Mac may have or what Dale has, or even what we bring to the table from that matter. So anyway, going into that, because Scott opened that door, what, um, (laughs) as he always does, um, what do you do for Dale in five, two outdoors? So I met Dale four, five years ago now. Me and I'm my sorry. I, I am so I sorry. It was a whirlwind. We went oh. through back and forth, a couple breakups, but we're back together. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we, uh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I know. I knew you have seen it. You cleared us up. Just keep yeah. talking. No, no, Cause no, he's going to try and derail wife. you. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful wife. Not like that. Um, Dale's yeah. tried a couple times, but we're not like that. So we're good. Hey, um, me and my cousin, <laughs> Mac, just were, Going back and forth on the private on his piece of uh, um, property in um, Southwest Michigan, mm-hmm. which he hunts, and we go back and forth, text twenty four seven, kind of like you guys, just talking all the time. T- trail camera picks back and forth. Dale entered the picture, getting us. We were buying food plot seed from lesser quality food plot seed, but that's the only thing that was kind of available. We were was yeah, buying the stuff off of the counters that that were just the stuff that we wanted to get for my my cousin's property and that he was planning and that Dale's friends was planning and Dale was planning. So, um, he started making his own mix. We started to motivate him kind of giving him ideas, promoting it with our network. Cause me and Mac have a huge network of people that we've known growing up in Michigan. Okay. Um, he knows about everybody in Southwest Michigan. He's a, um, 
social butterfly when it comes to that. So he, did, he knows everybody in the hunting um, industry in Southwest Michigan. So we just started motivating him to make his own seed. You're selling this much of it. You might as well just put your brand on it. You know more than anybody I talk to that owns a seed company. So mm-hmm. why not just make your own seed? We started promoting it. I started doing a lot more on social media, promoting it, promoting it in uh, central uh, Michigan, Max in southwest Michigan. Dale's kind of all over the place with who he knows through. He's been on a couple of forums and uh, the um, let him go, let him grow mm-hmm. um, with Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. So we've just slowly been building it, bringing we're, we're hunters at heart. Sure. We just wanted to bring people quality seed, no BS, no weed seed, no... Internet matter, all the crazy stuff that comes rates, in. Yeah, germination rates seed. are high. Yeah. What you see on the front of the bag is what you get on the back of the bag. It's what's in the seed. Right. And it just kind of slowly started to roll into everybody wanted this. It's a good price. We don't charge crazy amount of money for the quality seed that we sell. Mm-hmm. And... We're just trying to get hunters quality seed at a quality price. And by doing that, we're bringing competition to everybody else and we're raising the game. And if you don't want to bring people quality seed at a quality price, you're just not. Well, yeah, there's a lot to be said with that. I think that's anything. Quality is huge, you know, and in every aspect, you know what I mean? You, you know, we could take quality in 40 well, directions. What was really impressive about the, about the beginning and starting to learn you guys and now that you're here. The story, we to, yeah. We get to the team effort that you guys put forward and you being part of that, being their social media guy, I'll give you an example. Now that we are working with you guys, we had a customer up in your area, mm-hmm. right? Took the time, picked up seed from Dale, took it out to his work. Customer went up there, got to pick it up out of the back of your truck. You didn't have it in the back of your truck because you had to move it. You had to get your daughter. So it was kind of like, okay, kind of miscommunication. What does Brent do? Goes home, packs it up, runs it right to his front door. Mm-hmm. Customer service is outstanding from you guys and um, right. shows in your social media. So I think you've done a great job. I'm excited for Dale to have you doing that aspect for him. And now we get to hear about your hunting styles. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's a lot to be said with that. And I think that's, and I'll go a step further than you on that, Tribal, because I think the reason this relationship has became what it is was I'm kind of the guy that picks apart a lot of stuff for us from a social standpoint and looking at things that we're doing and trying to, whether it's a partnership or, and and I think it went, it went well beyond the partnership right into a friendship with us and Dale and and you as well. I mean, right from like, I don't know, I'm going to call it hours in, you know what I mean? Our conversations were great. And, and all of the things that you guys are doing is what we want to do and what we want our, our people to do with the land management side. And we want to promote stuff that, one, makes – I hate to say it this way, but if we're going to go in and do a job, we want it to look good when we're done. you know. And, and that says a lot. So that, that was a huge part of why we wanted to, um, you know, I guess, open that door and, and jump on board with, with what you guys are bringing to the table. And we won't allude to it, but I know Adele's well, got a customer service. Yeah, the customer all those aspects, the same things that we we want to do, and you know we want to provide. And obviously, there's you've talked about it before, and other stuff. You brought the stuff in from where Dale's expertise on the on the seed side and all those things. We didn't have that. We we know enough enough to get us in trouble, and that was about it. You know, and and he's been very helpful for us 
throughout all that process and, and, and you as well. I mean, I, every time I've asked for something or, you know, pointed a direction, you've been right there and, you know, your responses are quick and everything else. And you could have told me basically to kick rocks. You didn't really know me from Adam. So, I mean, you, I don't think you realize, you know, I mean, you and I go way back a long time ago based on dealership stuff, but it's a whole different story. So, and when you came in, it kind of, you know, remembered, uh, it jarred the memory a little bit, but anyway, so. What's that old saying that, um, what is that? Oh, God. That old actor. What is the saying? I don't... You... Come on, Dale. You know what I'm talking about. The, the... Oh, Kevin Bacon. 21 <laughs> degrees or 6 degrees of Kevin Bacon. Or what is that one? Six, Come on, something 6 degrees of 7. Yeah, something yeah. separation of yeah. degrees of something. Yeah. I sound like you right now. Talking, <laughs> just rambling. So if I anyway, can get a ramble in every podcast, and I'm on. Right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird, but like what I'd like to what I'd like to say first of all is is welcome to the brethren. So we haven't got the brethren out in a minute. No, we haven't heard of the brethren in a while. We had to talk about that, but anyways. So let's shift gears before it goes down a road. But a couple other things just to let you guys know if you're listening in, um, Brent. We won't we won't dive deep into this, but I know that you and Dale, you guys got some new things that are up and coming. Um, that so you guys need to stay tuned to their website and their social media if you're not following along. It's five two outdoors f i v e the number two outdoors. That's dot com. Also the same on their Instagram and Facebook and everything else. And you'll find them all over our stuff too at uh, any of our socials. So nonetheless, let's make a hard stop on that and go right into where did it all start for you? And I mean, obviously we talked about Mac being your cousin and, and probably family hunting, but you tell me what, where's the story? Where did it begin? It started right there. So I grew up in uh, Grand Rapids. Um, Max basically my brother so we're really competitive with each other we grew up playing baseball um, Mm -hmm. going back and forth Um, a family event would turn into a shed hunting trip Mm. Uh, Easter would end up turning into going fishing Um, we were always running around the farm when we were younger it was more just trying to catch deer on camera Mm -hmm. videotaping I never had permission to hunt any of the pieces just because I wasn't in that loop. It's hard sure. to get permission in those kind of areas, but sure. I had permission. So I was always more than willing to Just help. going along. Just, I'm just, I'm whatever gets me in the woods, I'm going to do. Right. And I've always been like that. I've never had permission to hunt really anywhere. Okay. Um, but I've always been right next to him scouting. I feel like we were a team. Like when he killed something, it, I was part of it. We dove into it head first. It was just 24 seven. Um, after um, high school, I kind of, had my little fling in college baseball, and then I, after that was done, um, I moved to Phoenix, and that's kind of where I started getting into the public land hunting is in Phoenix. So okay. With uh, chasing some coos deer down on the border in Nogales. Okay. Um, that was my first dip into public land, and once you get the, it's like dipping in a cold pool. Once you dip in it for the first time, it kind of gets all those jitters away, and then you're just hooked. Well, and that's you a- start to kill deer on somewhere where anybody right. in the country can walk. Yeah. you killed that deer it gives you that sense of pride like sure anybody can go do this but i did it yeah it's it's a different you know out west is a little bit different than than here for sure and as you start getting into those different regions one your hunting numbers are different so the amount of people that you're going to see is going to be different just based off of geographical stuff and and just seasons there are seasons that are probably 
um, more people pursuing certain game versus others, um, you know, just depending on where you're at. So, I mean, but here, when you start putting it in a whitetail box, and we'll, we'll dive right into that, I mean, so you are north central Michigan, kind of ish, east of GR. In, in between Lansing and Grand Rapids. Got it. Okay. So we'll call as the crow flies uh, west central. That'll work. And a lot of public hunting pressure comes out of the GR market, second largest city in Michigan. So with that, and we already know a little bit that, you know, you have a daughter and, you know, family and time and stuff constricts you a little bit as far as going places and traveling to, you know, some private land access that you have. So what, what is your direction at home before we get into any kind of out of state stuff and travel hunting? Like, so when you're picking out a place or you're looking at property, and I know you and I have talked about a bunch of this off record and things that you're looking for, but what is your direction as far as going, okay, I'm going to go here, there, and different. I'm going to drive an hour or I'm going to drive a half hour. I mean, I know where you're at, so I know there's not a lot of, you know, state land, public ground in that area. There's some, but it's highly pressured. Yes. So I want a place that I can scout. Okay. So I don't want a place that I can just drive and hunt, and I feel like I'm just trying to pick a – I mean, anybody can – you can try and break down stuff from an aerial map, but once you get boots on the ground, it changes things. Sure. So I want to get out there and be able to hunt and scout. I want to scout first. That's the priority. It's 90% scouting for me. Yeah. So okay. the, I think the pressure, I think there's something to be said with that for everybody. I think that yeah. if you put – and that's kind of something else. If you put more into it, you're going to get more out of it. And I think sitting at home and looking at Onyx and studying the stuff, I mean, I can tell you about countless hours of Scott and I talking over multiple pieces of property and looking at what we're looking at and why this is good, bad, and different or anything like that and doing the same thing. Even you and I talked about some property, you know, and you're like, okay, well, and and I'm just, I give my outside opinion. I haven't even seen the map and just, and you're like, no, that's exactly it. So, so tell me more about that. So that scouting, I'm sure that you do it via Onyx or whatever app you use and then you... Pick a place and... Oh, Dale knows I'm on Onyx. When I'm at work, it's still deer hunting. So when right. I get a free second, it's Onyx. Um, and I was just talking about this with my buddy, George. Mm-hmm. Um, the places that I go, I know are going to get hammered with pressure. But the spots that we pick in the top 10%, those bucks aren't going to be at those spots. Right. Otherwise, they'd be dead. Right. So you got to find the spots. And I've heard Scott talk about it before. Where are they backdooring that pressure? Right. It could be 30 yards away from a from a, it's a spot they can't see, but it's just off the beaten path. And you got to find those spots that if you sit there during daylight in the early morning mm-hmm. and you think to yourself, could a buck live to five years old walking here in daylight on public land? If the answer is no, it's not the right spot to be. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, you hit on something that I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit with, like, when you take those times, and like you said, Scott has touched on it before, and, and we've talked about it before, but like the backdoor side, it kind of reverses the game a little bit when you hunt public is instead of us being so, I mean, yeah, obviously you're still concerned about being backdoored and, and whatnot and trying to get yourself into position, but you can't go in and cut a bunch of stuff down. You're not hinge cutting. You're not creating plots. You're not, you know, yeah, maybe you might be in an area that has state funded um you know, plantings of, of egg and everything around you, but maybe not. 
And then you do have to look at it like you said. You have to look at it like how is the deer back during this pressure? And as much as we talk about pressure so often, it it's a huge thing to look at what you're doing and how you're doing it and then comparatively put that to how everybody else is doing it and then how is the deer going to avoid all of what everybody else is doing and make a change to do something different. Am I right? Yes. So when you see a parking lot full of four or five guys, you don't go, Got to go to the next one. You go, oh, wow. They pinched these deer down into a really tight area. How, right. can I, how can I get there maybe before those people get there so when they get there and put all that pressure on them, they squeeze down into a really tight area to hunt, which is a perfect example of what we did in Illinois this last year. Mm-hmm. Dale and Mac did, when, when it's three guys, it helps. Yep. So if you only have, you have three guys and he can go scouting one time, we can go scouting six times but only two trips for each person that and you communicate that so right. dale and mac went down there and scouted they found a really thick area that's holding a lot of deer and does because mm-hmm. that's what bucks like when we go right. hunting out of state they try and find the does well i mean we, we got, were all yeah. trying to find yeah. our, a, a significant people, other we went like we does. went hunting too but we yeah. went to high probability ladies nights yes and i mean it's just what we did you know <laughs> the spot that we found was a really good spot we thought it was far enough off the beaten path mm-hmm I was seeing does, big mature does. Like mm-hmm. they should be, there should be a buck behind these does. I'm the first couple of hunts. I'm like, I'm not in the game. Like these bucks are just missing me. So I get down from my stand after mm-hmm. a morning hunt, walk over about 60 yards. And there it is in this pinch point coming down a hill that you cannot see from anywhere about a mile and just over a mile back. And there's just big prints in it, which, and it's just on just 30 yards away from these does, but you can't see it from anywhere. Well, you and I talked about that a little bit too. I remember you said something about that, that specific spot. You couldn't even detect that from like looking at an onyx or anything like that. You had to get the boots on the ground to be able to find that, that spot. And sometimes those saddles or pinches or, you know, anything like that, Creek bottoms, anything like that have a tendency to show up when you are walking. And maybe it's, it's for (laughs) onyx. It looks good, but maybe there's a deadfall there that, stops everything and changes it even more you know i mean i've seen that too i mean i got a spot um in illinois that's a similar spot it's on private but it pinches deer down across the river from me to where they will actually cross the river and go back across the river from my side to get to where they're going to the ag so it's kind of a weird deal where like but it is because of deadfalls and a storm and there's two trees that come down and they go out in the water so they will go into the water in a shallow spot of the creek and go around it and um it's it's crazy how that works but it allows you to kind of get in on that funnel or that weird obstruction to to be able to target something so so now what about here i mean i've just tried uh, this year is the first year i'm going full on michigan public so i'm just trying to find a buck that's good enough for me to kill so my you goal, already found one. I already seen it. I did find one. Yes. So my goal this year is to shoot a 120 in Michigan. Okay. Which on public, which is, is definitely good. the top 10 percent of what I found so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, for and sure. Then, uh, 140 out of state in Illinois. That's my goal this year. So good. Those uh, are good goals. Um, I mean, that's that's respectable deer. I mean, travel. You can chime in at any time. You know what I mean? That's respectable deer anywhere. And then to do that on public with all the pressure, especially in the area you're in, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, the, the 10 point that I found is not the biggest mass deer, maybe only a three-year-old, but he looks like he's maybe around 125, 130. Yeah, and he's been there for a month and a half in the thickest part, surrounded by five apple trees that you cannot find unless you walked right up on them. So, yeah, 
Yeah, that's good. And I found the scrape in those apple trees in March. Yeah, and I a big community that, scrape in that area. And you can't see that. It's off the beaten path in the middle of the in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's a big, giant community scrape, and they're not there right now, but I know where he's at. He's about 80 yards right. from that right now. He'll be there. Eventually, yeah, November. checking. Well, I mean, hopefully you get him in the ground before then. I mean, I think the intel that you have right now, I think it's going to be, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to get a call within the first week or so going, it's done. You know, I mean, obviously, if you can get up there and the weather's right, especially if we get a good cold front or something like that, or you catch him in the morning coming back. like on. fucking jinxing him? I'm asking. I'm not jinxing right, right. him. Did he just jinx him? I'm not jinxing anybody. I sure so sound like a jinx. I'm gonna jinx Dale, not him. Oh, you can you can jinx you, me all day. If I shoot a deer, I shoot a deer. I know. I know. That's why I say like I don't care. These whatever. guys, him and Matt, go crazy about deer hunting. It's, I mean, it's twenty four seven, three sixty five, and it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. I mean, these guys find spots to hunt. They ask me where. Hey, where do you want to go hunting? I don't know. Pick a spot. I'll find a, you know, I'll take off and find my own little spot. And I do, Yeah. you know, I, I just let these guys do the hard work and then don't bother me. Right. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot to be said with that though. I mean, and there's a lot of work involved and I guess that's, that's the approach is like, you don't get a lot of the public land approach from us. You don't, you don't hear about those things because we're fortunate. One, we're fortunate because we have leases and we have access to places. And I mean, well, I mean, one thing that Brent hasn't pointed out is between myself, um, Brent, and Matt, we, all three of us are, we we go out on state land and we all pick a three different areas mm-hmm. that's totally different from, I mean, I like a certain area that I like to be in. Brent's totally different. Matt's even further out from any of us. So, right. I mean, when we're all scouting, walking through you're looking for something different yeah we're all scouting on on one piece and it's like okay you know i don't really like this but we're picking out stuff you know that mac want you know mac likes that spot and we're just you know going through it we're you know when you get three sets of eyes on it on one piece you Mm -hmm. learn a lot more and then we keep going you know i mean we put on you know the first year we went to illinois mac and i i think we we went i think 14 miles on on saturday and then we took off to go to southern indiana and we started going and it started was going to rain so we turned and went back and we walked another eight miles you know on back in illinois on sunday um it's it's a grind it really is i mean and that's kind of that's kind of where it comes into play i mean we we're fortunate you know to be able to put out cameras and you know in today's day and age with cell cams i mean there that makes it an advantage i know you guys have cameras in, in places as well out of state but um that helps. It really does. It helps you find those those niche type places to be able to get in and get, you know, I mean, maybe the access sucks and it may take you a mile or five to get there, but you got to do something that somebody else isn't going to do. And everybody's preaching that now. I mean, there's so much of this. Everybody wants to be the public land guru and, and everything because one or two guys took it, you know, and I'm, I'm using one or two as a as a vague statement, but you get a, a group of guys that start pursuing deer from a public land standpoint, and they did what everybody else wasn't doing, and they were successful at it. So that's why they were successful. You know, they they put themselves in that top ten percent of public land hunters, and therefore they're going to be successful on the top ten percent. So, and I know we're hearing a lot of that, but that's where all this stuff comes into play, and and taking multiple eyes and multiple minds. And looking at it and going, hey, here's the deal. And every outside opinion 
You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like you and I talked. It, we Brent's could always. Brent, Brent's just getting going. And, yeah. Right. This. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, he's learning. To me. Well, without even knowing you guys, I think we all have the same mentality. That's why when Dan reached out to me on Instagram, I'm like, Dale, like, this is yeah. it. Like, this is perfect. We got to join up with these guys. Like, I, I did just start on it. Every year, I try and get a bigger buck than the last year. That's that's and huge. That's what I'm trying to do, and that's what we want everybody to yeah. do. The people that yeah, listen but, and I follow, mean, you know, my opinion. Shoot whatever you want. Whatever right, it's your tag. You smile, whatever, whatever it makes you the adrenaline rush. Um, you know, it, and it is a big craze right now. The public land hunting is a big, big craze, and I'm, I would apply my same methods to it as as, mm-hmm. as I would hunting my own particular ground. So if I didn't have ground that I didn't own or if I didn't have under lease or contract or something for that matter, I would spend countless hours. Right. It's the boots on the ground. Yep. In yep. The most advantageous, most accessible I guess what I'm getting at, if my advice anyway, public ground, you gotta have access still where mm-hmm. you can quietly get in and not get that because I remember when I was younger, hunting some public ground, and I hunted so deep, I found myself lost in, you know, dick height, water. <laughs> By the time I got the stand, the sun was out. Deer were already looking at me like, what in the world just happened? I'm like, I'm not shooting you, you or you, because I'm definitely not dragging your asses out of here. Right, right. And it, it was just such a cluster fuck of all fucks to get back to where I needed to be to see there one alone but right you know so now I would take the approach of one how do I access it two how do I recover and get the deer out without dying well it depends on what state you're in because sometimes well yeah you got island boy who takes a damn flat boat out there and throws it in there and he's got dodge alligators I'm not dodging alligators or kick um Rubber necks. I don't. I'm not doing that. I don't want to see a snake. You know, mm-hmm. freaks me out down south. Well, that's like what I have things. Mac and Dale for. They drag my deer out. Well, yeah, oh. but I mean, we've done it down in Kansas, and we've done it in. Well, I didn't get your Illinois. I, I I, I'm just saying, I want to set myself up for the most easiest ability en- so entry that I and can exit. enjoy my hunt. Mm-hmm. At my age, yes, I'm older. At my age, I would have to be limited to access. So, Dale, I think what he's saying is you're limited to. Well, Dale, Dale's different. He, well, I picked he the. Just, I just like I, so I'm walk. the odd one. I mean, you know, Brent. And I'll give you a story. He's the Energizer Bunny. I can't keep up with him. Yeah. Missouri's got a lot of public ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're down in Missouri. We got another guy comes down, and he's like. Uh, Hey, I want to hit this public ground. So we looked at the public ground, and I, I looked at all the stuff, and I, he called me up, and I said, where do you see all the people? I said, hunt that little swale by the creek about 30 yards, it's about 40 yards off the road. Yep, money. It's got a good one. Shot a 135-inch buck. Yep. First sit. Everybody was walking down about a half mile down to the right, cutting in, and they all went to the back. Goes back to what big, you were saying, right, about the, the big whole. river was. Avoiding where they're a, at. Just a total little obsolete crossing path with about 18 foot of ditch and 18 foot of swale. Went in there and picked a little tree. Shot a buck. Yeah. 
that quick. I was like, damn. But that worked out. You, well, and you got you to gotta think about it this way. When you hunt state land, you're just not hunting the deer. You're hunting the people, you know, the, the other hunters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Brent found that out in Illinois this year. I mean, the first few days, they had their spot by themselves. And then closer to the weekend, then all of a sudden there's four or five more, you know, trucks, and they were all going towards the same area. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big there's a big tip in that right there, what you just said, Dale, though. Honestly, like, if, if it was me... And I, that was all all the access I had. I would plan my PTO for those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday hunts. And that's when I would be targeting those areas that, you know. And, and I also would be doing odd things. What about well, we did, but what Brent and Mac did in the end, they used the hunters to their advantage and moved. And I knew that parking lot was filling up. My last morning, it was a cold front coming through. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get out of bed. It was my last day. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I knew that that parking lot was going to be full. I yep. got out there early. Yep. And I knew that that back door spot was there because I seen those big tracks. Mm-hmm. I knew they were going to be back there. I said, you know what? I got to get out. It's my last morning. This parking lot's going to be full. I got to get out there before these people get out there and mm-hmm. get where they're, he, they're going to push the pressure, put the deer. And I got way back there before the sun came up, froze my butt off. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell that deer was kind of looking for does, but didn't want to go out in the opening when I shot him. Mm-hmm. But to go back on something, what you were talking about, finding that spot that might even be close to parking. If we didn't scout and if we didn't put eyes on it, one of Dale's best spots that he's he's going to kill a buck this year out yes. of that spot. It's a different formula. There's bucks a five-minute walk from the parking. But they're mm-hmm. there for a specific reason right? because of the area and what it's holding. And people just walk right by it or don't even pay attention to it because of what they think well, is it, there. Well, here's, here's the other, the outside mentality that, you know, first of all, success is, and I'll give it to you because success is earned, it's not given. And that's whether it's public or private or anything. I mean, if you don't, you put in the work, you're going to be successful, period, hands down. You know, the more that you do, the more that you learn, the more, the harder that you go after it, the more hungry you are. So eventually you're going to eat. That's just, that's survival of the fittest in the way that that works to some degree. But I think what you're saying too is with, with those things of those spots where everybody on public goes, oh, there's, this is a private you know, public makes an inside turn right here to private and it's landlocked on this corner. So what happens? Five guys go to that corner and they walk straight past. They walk, maybe they walk them. Everybody's like, they're not afraid to walk a mile now. They're not afraid to walk two miles. But when it gets outside of that, it's funny because I, I was I was listening to another guy that um, I, I know talked to me about something and that's what he was saying. He was like, it's weird because if there's 10 guys and they start off, he says, we're going to lose six of them in the first mile. We're going to lose two more in the next. And he says, you're going to be one or two guys that are going to walk that three-mile, five-mile. And, and he's huge in the Ohio game. So he's all over Ohio and hill country. And it, it's you know, Illinois can be the same way when you get to southern Illinois. Some of that's bad, too. But um, there, he's, he's grinding to get further or... He's taking the other approach and he's, you know, he's looking for these spots like Scott was talking about, like you're saying for Dale, you know, these close to spots. And, and there's a lot to be said. I think people overlook that and we'll spin that right into private. How many times have we looked at something 
and went, Hey, mister, you know, I, I know you got me here to look at your property, but like you're blowing all your deer out because you're walking right past them every single time. 95% of consoles always start with, let me show you what I got. Mm-hmm. And if it's 40 acres, we went through 38 acres to get to the neighbor's line. <laughs> border, every border patrol every single time. Single time. And public's the same way. It's weird because like you get a core that nobody well, will the, touch. Well, the grass is greener. Well, they think. The grass is greener, but I like your approach. You're, you're doing it right. You're doing everything right. You're putting boots on the ground and, and, and following the signs. You killed the buck because you got off your ass and went and looked. And it's just picking up on little things. And it was, right. wasn't very much of a move, but it was just enough to well, kill a deer. I mean, he moved, spot. what, three times before I had to leave? Three times and probably four or five times just to, to get that spot perfect in probably 100 square yards. But That's huge. It's the little things that you pick up on, too. That specific parking lot, every single person that was hunting had a very specific tree stand that they could only get certain spots. Yeah. Yeah, so you you got to be observant to that stuff. You can't stuff. hunt a tree yeah. like this or brush or something like that. They all, they they all, had, they say, all well, had climbers. They all had climbers. Yeah. So yeah. They, you, are you, you running, cli- what are you running, a lock on or are you running, what are you running, should, a saddle? I shot that out of an eight foot ladder stand because <laughs> the tree was this big. You guys, I, I, hauled, I hauled the eight foot ladder You carried stand. a ladder stand in? I, I carried it all the way back and leaned it up against this little tree because that's the tree I needed to be in. And it was eight foot off the ground, and I did not move until I killed until we killed that buck. You just got to do what you got to do, and I, that's another thing I want to bring up. There's not a specific what way do you hunt? Saddle, tree stand, climb. I'll do whatever. I have right. a climber at home. I have a mobile setup now. I'm going to go mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladder stand, saddle. Dale hunts every different way. It's whatever way you need to hunt to kill that buck. It's not. I only hunt out of a satellite. I like I only it. Hunt out of a mobile I like it because that's that's the approach. I mean, we do whatever it takes. You know what I mean? We do whatever it takes to target the, the the. You know, obviously we're picking out areas and we go into new property and we're like, okay, where's you know where is the intel telling us that the you know I, I hate to be cliche and say it over and over, but I'm gonna the top ten percent of our property or one percent or five percent or three percent. That part doesn't make a difference if we're like Scott said. If we're hunting the public, we're doing the same thing. I met a guy. Through Jay Flint out there by Emily City. Oh, yeah, on the east side. Um, this guy's killed more deer, more big deer than, man, puts puts most guys to shame. Mm-hmm. He hunts mainly from the ground. No no stands. Yep. No nothing. I don't, I don't want to say his name. Um, you know he's pretty private about his stuff, but to sit and listen to the way he takes approach and he's and he's killing them in Oakland County on some public ground. Mm-hmm. This man will take whatever's given to him in the woods. I Meaning, just like what you said, if it if it required an eight you know an eight foot ladder stand to get just into a tree just so he could see everything, he is shooting deer. He literally lay in a ghillie suit on the side of a ditch for hours, just waiting. And the other thing is, he told me, he says, I'll hunt. Sometimes he won't go in till 10 o'clock. And he'll hunt all the way to dark. I, that's why I was going to go into, like, the gray light and yeah, then, like, mid-morning after everybody else is in there. All day hunt. Mm-hmm. He won't come out. And if he's got to move being on the ground, he'll move quietly to get to that spot where if he saw a doe twitch, 
I mean, it's just amazing some of the stuff I was hearing from him. Well, there's a lot. We There's something wall. we can learn and take away from all that, too. I mean, obviously, we think differently. I mean, and his wall. It was literally mine and Kyle's deer, Dale's deer, put together. This man's killed deer in every single state on public ground, from the ground. That's huge. Which, you know, I mean, it intrigues me and intrigues me to you know, to go out there and actually put in the work. I think I wish, I wish I was where I'm at now, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And, and I looked at it and I took a different approach because I would be, you know what I mean? My, my, I was fortunate in having what I had and the upbringing that I had and the property that we had and and what we had access to. So I didn't have to go through, those extra hoops to be able to seek out the, you know, a public piece or I didn't have to go through and deal with all of the horror stories that I heard from public growing up that, you know, kind of derailed, you know, us as youth. I'm a little bit older than you, Brad, but Mm -hmm. us as youth from, from that aspect that told us, don't go here, do this, blah, 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 and avoid this. Had I known what I know now and was the hunter that I am now then, I think my success level, and it wouldn't have made a difference to me going through the same approach as what Scott just said, you would target it the same way that we target our private land. You would target it the same way looking for those other key indicators. These guys all got climbers. Oh, okay, they're not. They're looking for a 20-inch tree that's straight as hell. Ain't no 20-inch tree straight as hell in this area, so I'm going to the middle of that swamp, and I'm going to sit on this island, and guess what? I'm going to harvest a buck, and they're not. And because they're going to push them all right to you, right to you. So, and I think it's, there's a lot of those things or looking at and reading topographic maps and things that like, honestly, like I, you know, I wish they would have had deer hunting class in school. I think I would have took that every, every hour, but um, it's one of those things where I don't know, I may have subbed it with some fishing in between there, but as a whole, I think there's a lot that we all can take from, everybody else's strategies or how they look at things. And that's kind of why I wanted to do what we're doing now is talk about what are you looking at? What are you seeing? What's the approach that you look at? You know, I mean, is there certain, we're living as old men, we're living vicariously through you. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we really are like, you know what, man, that sounds sweet, but I really don't want to do that shit because I know I'm getting a leg cramp. Mm -hmm. I know I'm getting a leg cramp, but some people just, they they just, I get a whole bottle of leave in my backpack. Like it's their passion. Like that's, that's just what they think about constantly. Like Kyle, that's all he thinks about. That's all me and Mac think about is deer hunting. Right. And, well, that's about There's all I think about too, for the for most everything. part. But, but yeah, but it's still a different. It's a different scenario on that. You know what I mean? It's still different. Yeah, oh, each person has their own formula. Brett and Mac are they're always on Onyx. I mean, if not a week it goes by mm-hmm. that in our group text, there's a picture. What about this spot? What about this spot? You know, um, they're just trying to. I mean, like in Illinois, we've been there. You know, last year, I mean, Mac was down in what Kansas for four years or three years before we went. And, and, you know, Brent is constantly, you know, in Illinois this for Illinois this year, he's, you know, changed. He's totally different from where he was, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, um, it's the constant change in your game. I mean, he we went down and scouted and what you went twice. And I got something on that before. He, Don't he, he figured that out, you know, and yeah. he found a whole different spot. Well, 
I, I'm going to spin this a little bit. So he found a different spot. Why do you find a different spot? Because was he unsuccessful at the first spot? No. Did he have historic data or anything for this spot? He just wanted to try something and, and change the grind. See, I think there's something to be said about that. Because so many people become, excuse my French, mind fucked. Because they sat in one tree and they got lucky. And I hate to say it, they got lucky because there's a lot of people out there that they didn't do the grind. They didn't do what you guys did. They were successful and they were successful because they just happened to get lucky. You know, that 10% luck was on their side that day. And for most people, it's it's really, it's 90% luck and 10% skill. And I hate to say that, but that that's really, that's really the way that it, it plays out. And I think there's something else with that too is... You guys are looking at those things. You're looking at the stuff that you've put on paper, whether you wrote it down or you didn't, or you have it stored non X or you know digitally nowadays. You're looking at those things and you're picking out the places and going, we know that this percentage of an area is no good. Why? Because there was 2,500 guys that were all trying to go to the same area to look for those 20-inch climber trees. So you know that, okay, if I weigh all that out, What's the percentages that somebody else is going to be coming in there with a saddle or they're going to be carrying a ladder in or they're going to be doing the next level shit to get on the next level deer? They're not. So all of a sudden you put yourself in a different, you know, you put yourself in the upper echelon. Really, you do. Truth of the matter, what he did, why you probably switch is because he does not want to carry that eight foot ladder standing on. Right. Right. I was thinking the same thing. They carried two 15-footers down there to begin with, and then when they started, he started moving. It was in the brush, man. It went down in, you know, just one section or two sections. Well, we were talking about this before. Like, it's about the story, too. Mm-hmm. Like, There's so much I, more I could, to it. I could, yeah. go, I could go down to that spot and sit there for a whole week and probably kill a buck. Yeah, but what kind, but what, that eight foot ladder stand back down there. <laughs> but that's what I got. That's what I got Mac for, man. He can haul a freaking tractor back there. Mm-hmm. You ever seen this man pull stuff? He's got I, it. I you, find a way to have Dale and Mac always pull my deer out. It's worked perfect. That's great. I'm I'm like Scott. I'm getting a leg cramp. Yeah. Oh, but uh, there's that's Brent. Scoog is the king. We got. Oh God! It goes it goes away when I get to the parking lot. Scoog will shoot a deer. It literally be like. What are we doing now? <laughs> what do you mean? Somebody's gonna I'm gut this deer, right? Deer you gotta drag it. Do you know it. who I am? Oh God! But that's oh, you gotta be that's kidding. why I like going on state land with Mac and Brent. Is you know I yeah I'll drag out a deer, but once it's down, Mac doesn't care. I mean he's in there gutting it out. He loves gutting the deer, and then Brent Brent's gonna butcher him, and you know Brent's gonna help him butcher the deer. Oh, we gotta find your deer when you get done shooting you know? it too. Yeah. You shot a nice deer in Kansas, and it died 30 yards from your tree stand. Yep. You couldn't find it. Nope. Tall grass. Oh, that's the worst. Seven foot tall grass. But we know what tall grass it does. Found it right it. on top of it. But, no, that's the whole thing. Is, is I mean, the three of us get along really well, and we all hunt different. And Brent's, you know, I've watched it over the years of growing, and he just gets more and more. He just, now he's finally taking the next step and, and going out and Putting the stuff that he's he's read, learned, and listened to, and doing on his own. What are you hunting with? What What are you taking down to Illinois and Michigan now? Are you in a saddle or? I'm gonna be going with a, a XOP, um, Vanish, and some okay. uh, Muddy Pro sticks this year. Okay. That works for me. It's like five pounds heavier than P 
people want to hunt with, but it's five pounds. I don't really care. Yeah, what are you gonna, you're going to be putting? Just like 15, you're like, what, 15, yeah, 16 it, pounds total, maybe? About, uh, it's about 20 pounds total. Okay. But for a thousand more dollars, you can go down to 15 pounds. How high can you get up with, with your setup? I can go two sticks to four sticks, so probably 20 feet. I've been practicing a lot getting a, behind my house. If you need um, eight, if you need eighters or anything for that, give me a call because yeah. I, I after we talk off record too, because I got some I got am steel stuff I'll, and I'll whatever always, at the house. I always bring the four sticks out, and if I need to be up 10 feet, or if I need to be 15, or if I need to be 20, so you're that's pra- when you're practicing. You set a lifeline and in my backyard, um, I have the. Um, Lineman's belt. Lineman's I got the, belt. I got the whole rig. He helped me out with a couple of items. Mm-hmm. He's got like a backup. I use of lifeline all so. the time. I mean, every, every every tree stand I have, or well, you my yeah, saddle setups. I, I mean, even on state land, I go. You know, if if it's if it's a preset or whatever, I put my you know my platform up, my sticks up, and then I hang my lifeline down. And yeah, that's well, what we I saw am. that ladder stand. We put a lifeline on that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, 18 foot up in there. It's yeah. a ladder stand. Most people will be like, well, we still hook up the lifeline. Yeah, you hook up and be hooked well, up all the time. Uh, what was it? 2009, I leased him laying with another kid that was, and he fell out of ladder stand. I wasn't out hunting. He sat there. He, he was out there knocked out cold for four hours until he came to. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't worth so. it. But I mean, that's the grind that, that you're getting ready. You know, you have to be, you're practicing all this stuff. Because you gotta be ready to be mobile. Well, you gotta results. you gotta condition one. You gotta condition yourself mentally to be able to do the stuff in the dark before everybody else get out there. I mean, you're going in an hour or so, hour and a half before daylight in some of these areas, and you gotta be able to know like, can I do this in the dark? And if you're like me, you're fanatic about no flashlights and weird things like that, which sucks on state land, public land, because you're nervous. So I run a red light dimmed. As much as possible, occasionally a green light if I don't have the red one. We're the tracking on Onyx. Yeah. So, like, once we get a spot, we'll run a track, and then we always got that track, and we'll follow that track. Well, now, the- I run that, too, but the other thing, too, is with the the top secret deal with the change in the, the thing that we use for coyotes on our phones with the three-button click, 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 mm-hmm. where it turns it to red. If you guys want to know about that, you know, send me a direct message. I'll teach you how to do that. So... Um, you can actually run the red light so everything on your phone has a red light background. Um, so that works really good, and it's actually brighter from doing that. Scott, show those guys right there while you got your phone. So I know you guys on, on air can't hear, but nonetheless, it changes everything, and it's whether it's different or not, or whatever. Cameron, but dirty, dirty bird camera soaking. Yeah, Cam, Cam showed us that. Well, kind of a cool setting, but I mean. It's just taking that extra step of knowing that hey, this is this is area I've chosen. This is one I hit right away. Just put it right in your notes on your phone, right in your app. I'm sure all of them got the same app, same same feature. Yeah, we did it on Jeremy's. He's got he's got an Android, and then all the Apple stuff is is the same way. It's just a quick quick fix. But um, As, well, get back like you said with the safety stuff. Yep. You know, this is basically. I mean, when we go on state lane out of state. I mean, we're all three, and we know where everybody's at. We don't, you know, we drive together, park together. Share the waypoints, all that we're stuff. waiting for each other to come back. Now, you know, this is Brent, when he's up by himself, he's on state land by himself. I mean, I hunted state land for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've hunted until, what, three years ago? I've never hunted by, I hunted with anybody. Right. So, I mean, mine was, was always about safety, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to be... 
you know, if I'm crippled, I'm you know, might as well put me down. But well, you, you now, buzzers eat your eyes out. For yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a level of like no joke. we. Everybody has family and somebody that cares about them. I mean, that it's it's really. I mean, we have kids. It's family. Well, that's the first thing. That's the first thing Brent said today. His daughter. Yep, I know. You know that's it. That's I mean, I think things change when you have when it's just me flying around. You know, I know it's not good, but I didn't think of it as much. But I have a wife, Claudia. My wife, so or my daughter, Sophia. If anything happened to me. That would cripple them, and it kills me just thinking about it. So safety is going to be a top priority this year right. for me. Dale has always been like that. I've not been as good as I should be, but this year he's got me set up where we're going to be good to go. And I'll take my time if I have to getting in a getting in a stand to be more safe. And hopefully, you know, I'd rather get my kinks worked out in Michigan on a 120 because you can't be mess, messing up out of state on a 140 or 150. Like, well, and your you time is, your you time's limited too. That, so. You know, you're going in for a week or two at a time and you guys didn't hang presets in Illinois this time. Did you? Well, the, the 360, the 365 grind. Right. And what he said, you're doing out in the backyard. Already, that's it. Already doing it, man. That's, that's it, man. That's awesome. That's it. I'm excited for, for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it that everybody kind of skips over. All of a sudden, we get to right now. I mean, we're—I don't know when this one's going to air, but we're right here in you know mid to we're in the second half of August. So the guys that are headed south or whatever—I mean, honestly, I don't have any intel on anything, or I'd be headed to Tennessee in a week or two for their early velvet. But um, I, there's listening in Tennessee to trade you a hunt. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we get Michigan for Tennessee. Yeah, if somebody's got something, we can put us on. Give us a holler. <laughs> um, uh-huh. There, there's a level of. You got me off track there for a second. There's um, just thinking out loud. I know. I I was I I don't know what I was gonna say. Actually, now I lost it. Completely lost it. Um, it's the three sixty five grind, getting everything set. It's the same thing as what we've been doing, what you're doing. Same concept. You know, my advice for what you guys always use a crosswind. Yep. Use a crosswind. Try to identify them, them bedding areas. Like if you're hunting down there closer to the rut, well, let's look. get on the cross side of it. Try to punch in as tight as you can get. Elevation changes. Look for you know those elevation changes in bedding and and things like that too. There's other stuff that I look at too. But the like Scott said, the crosswind. Look at your prevailing winds in the area and start evaluating that and going, okay, with a prevailing wind, can I get here? We could talk about thermals and all that stuff, but that's a whole not, that's a whole another podcast. We start pound, pound it, pound yeah. It hard. That time of you when you guys grind uh, November fourth. Oh yeah, you guys are right, right there in the rut. Depending yeah. on well, depending I, on what happens we, with my tags, I might year, be right? there. <laughs> I shot mine on the twelfth. Uh, I think so. We were about the same time, but they were locked down. Thing, I mean, we were we caught them know, in lockdown when we first man, got there. Every single bean. I mean, they had all the corn picked. Um, they were picking the beans, and I mean, you could drive back from the morning hunt, and there'd be a buck standing there in the middle of a bean field, mm-hmm. a one fifty, just standing there waiting for the doe, and there'd be farmers standing out there with their combines. You know, all pointing. I mean, we've seen it over and over. And I think it was Wednesday. Um, I stopped at the gas station, mm-hmm. and the the one that got, grain hauler pulled in. Then he asked about hunting and stuff, and I said, "Yeah, they're all locked down." He goes, "Yep." Today I just started seeing them moving. They just started. They broke up. Yeah, that's that's having that intel and having somebody like that too. I mean, I'm fortunate to have a couple contacts in in Illinois that that give me some information from that aspect too. But I think there's. 
if I had to give you, I could give you some days. I could give you some days that you probably wouldn't think about that historically for me there have been for whatever reason better that and one of them is going to be this year it's going to be like a tuesday wednesday i think so like it i'll probably depending on what happens with our other property i will probably be there although i'm my one farm's a little bit different there this year so who knows really what's going to happen until we start getting some intel from that and I don't really have cameras soaking. I haven't really put any effort into, I hate to say that I haven't put any effort in Illinois yet. Shame on me. Um, we've been everywhere else, but, but we haven't, haven't done that yet. So um, one, I mean, one thing that nobody, the one thing I like about state land is it's the unknown, but it's also, if, you know, when you have your own property, you got your own 40 acres, you got your tree stands already preset and you already know what's there. You know what you're doing every time you go out on state land, you have no clue. I mean, you know where you're going to go to sit, but you, you can run cameras. There's always a surprise factor There's with the surprise. cameras. Yeah. Always. I mean, especially, no matter if you're I mean, private on or state not. Land, you never know. I mean, you could have 300 pushing deer, you know, walking out early, walking out late, and well, they kick everything up. You never know. But on your property, on your 40 acres, you pretty much know yeah. what the heck's going on on that property and when to... You know when you should be able to hunt and not. That's where you got. That's the state land that's is tough. You got to have a little lesson in something. When we set up a farm, I knew okay. it was coming. I'm ready. I well, like I, it. Absolutely. So, I love it. <laughs> so when you set up a, a, a farm, like I'll use my particular farm, and okay, so it is set up for the rut, meaning it is a doe factory, 100 percent. But I cut it into interior corridors. So use the example of a buck hovering the doe in the field. He's hovering that doe because he don't want to fight. Mm -hmm. When you find a cluster of rubs all in one area, that's a corridor where he pushed that doe into, mm -hmm. and he's frustrated because he wants to hit that cooch. He he, you know, and he's sitting there sniffing, sniffing, and it's playing that game. He'll keep her in that corridor, and he gets frustrated, just pounding, 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 and he don't want to fight, and he's. Dodging all those three-year-olds and two-year-olds, the big bucks. Yep. All right. So when we set up that farm, all the outskirts is food, cover, interior is built into absolute. You got three different, what I call, rooms. They're bedrooms. You kill the buck, get right back in there because another one's coming. Yep. It's yeah, going it's, to be a buck factory. Some, it yeah. turns into a buck factory because that's where they want to go. They're sucking them in. Right. Right. And so you got that window of opportunity. If you could find those areas when you're scouting, this is where I'm giving you what I'm going to do. If you make me go on state land, I'm going out there and I'll find those frustration areas. You might see me in one tree out in the middle of a field and be like, look at that dumbass. That November fourth, I'm rolling out with that buck that was standing yep. out in the field. Well, there's we could uh, we right. could go into a whole different we could go into a whole different thing about a single tree in a field. I, yeah, 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 I got it, a different it, I got a different take it, about that for it, it some other a, reason. It but it is a, a direction. But it also like one of the biggest craziest wildest hunts I've ever been on was with 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 Kyle when he was just a youngster. Very first hunt we're hunting in Illinois, and he got to see something that. You know, you normally don't see. There was a buck, and we we're on the edge of the river, and the buck literally pushed the doe into the river. They're standing in the river. I could shoot this deer. He's in the 160s. Holding her in the river. And he's pounding her in the river. Yep. 
And all we need him to do is let she, – she comes up and squirts up. It's a money shot for him. Mm-hmm. But they're putting on a show. He can't shoot that far. He was young. I remember the story. He was Three young. Three bucks are circling, and that doe is getting so nervous. But they're not coming. You know, they're on the other side, and another one's over on this side. But they're all kind of circling that buck. It's just – he just – wild-eyed and crazy, and all of a sudden he just takes his antlers and smashes that doe as hard as he can right down under the water. He's mm-hmm. literally trying to drown her. And it kind of like, he's killing that deer. I said, oh, he's going to kill her. Yeah. You're, you're never going to see this. This is this is, this is is awesome, you know. People don't understand that. Porn, that's, porn it's a different mentality, yeah. And finally she squirts on, she's <laughs> trying to choke water. And he shoots up and he chases the mother two bucks off. Another one's coming down. All of a sudden, he comes flying Superman down back in the water. Oh, they lock up. The younger one shoots back up into the thick. I mean, it's nuts. such an awesome hunt to see right. that stuff, though. But and then later in that hunt, would even made it better. It rains so hard. I, Kyle, I said I gotta get you out. He, he's just a little guy. I said I gotta get you out. We get down. My bow was hanging in the tree. He's got his little bow, good for about 20 yards. And he says, what is that coming? I said, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Bullwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> There's another way we could do, step off the path in the doe. I said, when she comes by, draw, same path that she walks, and put it on the shoulder and let it fly. Done. And it's a 200-inch giant, absolute mega the monarch of all the whole area. Everybody <laughs> was after this deer. And he walks. The doe comes and she he draws. And she caught just enough movement. She jumped. He jumped a little bit. And he stops. I went, meh. He, she stops. And he hits it. And, man, he torched hair off that 200-inch typical giant. And I was just like, you'd have been ruined if you shot that deer. <laughs> right. It would have been as first. As much as I hate this for you, I... I I'm happy that this did not right. go. And he wasn't even the mad, he wasn't even mad the slightest bit. In fact, he gonna kill me for telling this end of the story. When we got back, <laughs> he he was so tired he ate dinner. Oh and, God! And, and and don't go that drank. route. Don't don't tell this part of the story. Don't. <laughs> Poor little dude, man. He just he he drank himself with some tea into a to where he was comatose. Yeah. I had to pick him up and. Tuck him into bed, and but I mean, he, he to this day he'll never forget that hunt. But that's what these bucks do. If you find that on state land where there's a cluster, mm-hmm. a cluster on a, on a on a edge or in a drop, they like to get out of other other bucks islands islands. So when mm-hmm. we create a farm, like today, I created a farm. and it was all about crosswind and creating that drink. And creating on the back side an area where it popped up to where down I got 360 degrees for a buck to move through there. Mm-hmm. And it's hinge cut, hinge cut, tornado cut, and everything else to where he could get in there. And, and, and you only got three ways to get in. Did you just out invent a new spot. term? Tornado cut? Did you just. Well, tornado, tornado is a different term. When we, when we tornado a property. I know. I wanted you to explain this, it. This property was already tornadoed previous year. And now, now we got corridor, 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 corridor. But now we're in with the with the pond, with everything else. And I told him, when you shoot that buck in here, mm-hmm. go get your daughter and put her right up in the tree stand. 
Yeah, because it's going to happen. The other again. one's coming right in. Yep. Because he's got multiple, multiple five year olds on there. I say he's already got some good footage of, of some on camera already. So. Well, well yeah. And I've, I take Intel on there. That's one yeah. of my clients' farms right. to where I get to have a little insight inside. There. Well, and help, and help and point direction and stuff like that, too. So Right. I know the quality of the deer there. So, I mean, yeah. not to that, jump on No, you. No, no. That's the thing right there. You know the quality. I mean, I mean, we know what we're, we, what we're looking at, or roughly what size or where we're going, but you know, we don't. I mean, we have cameras here, there. You know, I mean, Kansas, we didn't. Uh, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's that's that's what I like about it. I mean, you know, I can see you know deer out of my window at the house with my cameras or whatever. It's the same ones over and over. Hey, let, let, you know, let me spin on something. Identifying yes. new deer. Yes. Hold on. We get deer that I can identify, but I also get new deer every every single, yeah. every single year. I will get probably well, four new, right. four five year old bucks from the surrounding areas that will end up between October twenty sixth through November fifteenth. And once November fifteenth hits, yeah, they're going. Now, well, no, now I got hide forty deer in there, mm-hmm. but I don't gun hunt. Right, right, and they're they're stuck in a little area, and they will not come out of there at all. So I mean, it, well, it, it is all about pressure and everything else. But when where you guys are going to state land, and I'm sure you're already looking at it and and starting to see when you guys. This is just my my take that I would take, but you're you got more experience on state land now than I do. Mm-hmm. I used to go when I was younger, but back then when I went. It was with uncles, right? They were moving. They were moving deer, literally moving deer. And they said, "Well, it's the old shoot. school here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the old school way that rounds down, and this is how it works." Single deer that pumps in front of you. That's just the it was way the old it was. way. Yeah, that's how it was. We had so many doe tags, and we had so many buck tags. If a spike horn came through, that spike horn better have a bullet hole through them. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of where I was going with that a little bit too. Is like where Dale was kind of saying, "You know what the deer are." Well. Let's let's throw let's throw all that out. Let's throw let's throw wireless cameras. Let's throw all of that stuff in the trash right now. You throw it all out. And irrelevant to any of that is the gear and, and the stuff that you use. Does it help you? Yeah, absolutely. Does it does it change the game a little bit? Yeah. But so if you throw that stuff away and and you I mean, what it does is it being frank, it makes people lazy. It makes them lazy, and they don't go in there, and they don't do the grind work that you guys are doing. They're not going and making the scouting trip. You know what they do? They leave here October whatever, 30th, and they're like, trick or treat, here I'm in Illinois, and I'm just going to walk into state land, and I'm going to kill a big deer. Do they get lucky? Yes. But You look at it, like the spot Brett picked out, I mean, he picked it out for a reason, right? you know, back in March. And now, if he puts the trail camera out there, that's not going to change anything. You know, he knows what we, we saw the sign, the pass sign, the shut. I mean, everything there. And, you know, you put a tra- you cell camera up. Okay, you get pictures. Now you know what size deer there are there. But you but kind of have a feeling already what's there based on the rubs and the scrapes. Well, yeah, and, there's, you know, the you're pass. gathering intel because what's here's. Gut? What's your gut? What made you. What. Got you to click. What your what was your gut like when you got in and said this is where I'm going? So I just want I wanna to not break down the area too much, but these deer 
in anywhere. It's mm-hmm. not just the spot we're hunting, but th- when they get pressured, even the locals talked about it, they cross the river back and forth because they know somebody's not going to cross the river chasing them. Mm-hmm. They bounce back and forth. So you identify, okay, river crossing, river crossing, river crossing. Yep. So you You're got good. four or five river crossings. We hunt early November. They're going to be looking for does. So you want to find a pinch point that somebody can't get to. What I put a camera out for, and I knew what the sign was. I knew what the spot was. It was a general spot that kind of resembled the spot I killed last year, but a mm-hmm. different area. I put the camera out to see what kind of a spot is it. Is it are the bucks living there, or is it does? Right now, it's just all does. Sure. All morning, it's a doe factory. Hey, it's all does. So I, I know. I know what it's going to so be you know, come October or late in October, the, November. The sign was there. We were there in March. We seen big prints. We seen rubs. We seen scrapes. It's so you had some historic stuff from last year from there. March this year. Yep. Yeah, but uh, you had it yeah. left over from last year that you were looking at. Historic sign. Yeah. So I, I know. Screen, I know. This is it. I know the does are. We know the does are there. The bucks are gonna be there, and that's a pinch point. They're gonna be avoiding people. I want to be somewhere on that pinch point, and it's not the spot I'm gonna be. I might get down there and adjust it eighty yards, mm-hmm. but I want to have the capability of doing that. But I, I like know, it. and we seen a buck on the road a mile from there on the way home, one eighty. I know the bucks are there. Yeah. On camera, we had bucks from 100 inches to 160. I know the bucks are there. So what I get get out gather out of this is you being kind of newer, you're hunting with some pretty damn good hunters. And Mr. Mack and the Sea King, huh? Mack's the hunter. So you got to just take everything in. Like you listen to people, that guy that hunts on the ground. And mm-hmm. kills those giants. He what has, can you take away from that? He has his formula. Never stop learning. I can't do that. What he does, you I, might. I yeah, might, you might. Maybe twenty years from now. Yeah, but, but even right then, now, maybe not. Maybe you apply it and start the grind. But, it, mistakes will make you honest. Well, you, you know my, what I mean. My you got to take is a couple like to do so. Couple ideas from him hunting on the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. I take stuff from Brent. I take some from Mac. I mean, Mac comes out of a tree st- or a lighter stand. You know. Uh, and Brent's going a different way with a, a portable stand. I hunt out of a saddle, but we all we all three take ideas from each other. Even on, on what we're looking for, you know, I mean, we can be in one fifty yard, fifty square foot spot, and we all pick out three different trees. Yeah. Well, you know? there's here's the thing, and what I was getting at before that, before we went into that, is like you have you have a general idea. When you look at something, you have to go in there. You have to figure it out. You have a general idea. So that general idea is, I want to put a camera here, but let me ask you a question. How many hundreds of acres are you hunting? And how many acres does that camera cover? You know what I mean? So that's what people don't think all the time. Well, I mean, look at any of these the places. on the ground, though. I mean, we went to that other section. Brent really liked this other. It was totally 30 minutes away. We went there. We walked three hours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally, I mean... Like I said, I don't care where we go. They pick it out, and I'll find I'll find a place to hunt. Sure. Um, and Brent finally looked at me. He goes, "What do you think?" And I'm like, mm. "You know." He goes, "Okay, let's go." Yeah. We, we we spent three hours. I mean, walking all but, over hell. But it's not wasted we, time because we, you know what? Correct. You spent now, three hours then right. instead of spending three hours right. when you got a bow in your hand or or whatever else. So canceling, I like that. Canceling out spots. Yeah. Yeah. What you like you said coverage virtual cameras. One of the <laughs> best hunts I've ever had was maybe four years ago on one of Max leases in southwest Michigan, there was three cameras I could see within range from the tree stand. I seen 11 bucks, 
20, 25 does, a buck chasing a doe in the field. Not a one on camera? Not one of them walked by any of those cameras. So if you were to go back and pull those cameras and you're like, oh, there was no bucks out here today, no Mm -hmm. deer at all, but... There was eleven bucks. I could give you a I could give so. you a story of back to early it's trail a camera piece days. Of information. Yep. Like, it is, and I use cameras for how many people are walking oh, by here. I, I, that's what I was going to say. I said, "Do you?" You know, I was going to ask you if you guys use the cameras for access as far as putting on a on a people access area as opposed to anything like that. I mean, I I'm there's so have, many different ways well, to my go one about spot, it. I'm going to have people walk by me all day long. I yeah, but it. they're not going to walk. They're not going to most likely I, I not going to walk right people, under you. But had, that's going to be had great. People walk past me within within five feet of me from my tree. <laughs> and I when how many? I mean, I mean, Mac 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 sat on the ground the first night down there because we got in late, and he saw a, a big ten point. I mean, I saw then when I finally got down, I finally moved down in there. I mean, I saw, saw three bucks that were over one hundred forty, mm-hmm. and. You know, that was a difference. I mean, right. you, you, I, you know, I'm not that far away. These guys are farther away. I mean, the other spot I found down there is 40 acre that, that was closed to hunting for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they just opened it back up. Nobody knows about it. Yeah. You know, but his spot down there is, I mean, I, I told him if he wasn't hunting, it, he's a fool. Yeah. I mean, for the sign that you have down there. Yeah, I agree. I think th- I think there's definitely something to be said about you know what you and I talked about with it off record and and those things. That I think if there's definitely, it's a good area, you know. Even even looking at it from, call it the ten thousand foot angle, looking at what you described, still travel. You and I would look at that and go, that's a high percentage spot. It really is. And for somebody like you said, and not, and and, and in, by no means to make this as in, in insulting way at all, somebody that has less time in the woods as we have, I'll give it to you because you're doing exactly what we would do. And you know, I give it to Dale and, and Mac for helping you along the way as well because you're in listening to what you're doing and looking at all those different angles. But something we were talking about this earlier, talking about a different area, and I was listening to a podcast. I think on our way back from Kentucky that they were talking about a, and it was a, there was an actual biological guy that they did radio collar type stuff that they were tracking deer. So they had this deer on this hunting club, whatever you call it somewhere down South Alabama or something like that. It's like just shy of 2000 acres. No, it's Mississippi. MSU guys. It was the MSU guys. Yeah. This it was not the MSU story. This is a different one, but I've heard the MSU story where this deer lives within nobody could kill this deer and it dies of old age at like nine and a half years old and the deer scores like hundred and high 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 seventies. I mean one seventy six, one seventy seven, somewhere in there. And when they found out and they had all the historic data of this of this buck over the course of time of where he was at in this core area and everybody walked past him every single time and all these people and he was just like literally 30 yards over this ridge and he was there and he lived he did all he never ventured outside of that block and stayed within that particular area and i think there's we don't give the deer credit for their personalities and we get some you know when they're younger and they wander and you know we're like oh that deer went three miles or it went five miles i mean i think that people don't look at that and go oh i mean for us we can walk three and five miles in what 45 minutes an hour 
You know what I mean? We really can. So why why a couple hours max? I mean, if you're slow, then maybe three hours. I don't know. But why wouldn't why wouldn't a deer do that? Or why wouldn't they travel a certain area? But I think we overlook those spots. We overlook those places where I mean, hell, this deer. There was like 25 people that hunted this thing, and um, I'll let one of you guys tell the MSU story uh, if you want. But there was like 25 people that hunted this that were a member of this club, and nobody ever harvested this deer, and only one person seen him on the on the hoof. He was like the ghost. They had trail camera pictures of him for years, and literally, and it was like a, less than 100 acres, like 70 acre parcel that he stayed within the whole time, and nobody ever hunted it. And they just looked at it and was like, "Yeah, it's overlooked. Yeah, I don't want to go there." But why? Because the heart of it was thick. Tall grass. That was mentioned. Some different things in there. But it's crazy. But that MSU story was the same. Same principle, you know, within. But, I mean, I think there's... Some deer in that MSU story, man, they travel long ways. The one cost the Mississippi River twice a year. Yeah, like thir- 13 or 14 okay. miles or something like that. I was, I was fishing in Tennessee with my dad on Tim's Ford. And we're ripping along and I don't remember when that was it's been a few years back but we're ripping along and I'm like what is that and there's a deer in the middle I mean I, I can tell you guys that I know that have seen deer out in the middle that fish big water for salmon have seen deer out in Lake Michigan like what are you you gonna swim across Lake Michigan these deer are crazy but you know I guess it's just something to get away from pressure or you don't know what they're what they're gonna do or whatever but um, I don't think we give them enough enough respect for for the degree animals that they are and what they I mean, I guess that's why we pursue them. This is just for the next the next level. So, so as we'll, we'll wind it down because we're. I mean, Dale's falling asleep over there. He wasn't going to say anything, and he's chiming. He's chiming in all left and right over there. So I knew that was going to happen. So, um, what if you could take something now, Brent, that you've learned or something that you know? What would you give to a listener? Say we. Hopefully we don't have too many young listeners with our, our dropping our explicits and whatnot. But um, if we do, if somebody got somebody that's listening, you know, guy, gal, kid, what you you two, Dale, what could you guys give to them that they're looking at a piece of property or they're they're trying to do whatever? What can you add and say? What was the the biggest thing that was given to me as far as information to be able to target the deer that I'm targeting or look at things from, you know, the 10,000 foot view before putting boots on the ground or whatever. I mean, floor is yours. You tell me what, what could you give them? So the biggest thing I can say is when you're hunting a mature deer, it's a different animal than just an, a white tailed deer. Mm-hmm. Like when you get to a buck that's four or five years old, it's a different animal and it survived. And it might be because of his personality. Mm-hmm. He might just be reclusive yep. or it might be because this buck is really smart to avoid pressure evasive yeah but the best way to do it is to take is to stay humble take all the information you can from people that have done it before you listen to them get all the information you can get for them but put boots on the ground yourself and you don't want to fail you want to continue to learn but you want to go out there and find things for yourself you want to take what somebody tells you but don't take it as gospel even though it might be the best hunter in the world you prove it Put your theory to the test, put it out there, put work in. If you put the work in, good things will happen. It's not lucky if you put the work in, in my opinion. I yeah, agree. I, I agree 100%. It, 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 I, it is luck for those people. Like my, yeah, but there's my, 10%. My dad yeah. doesn't hunt that often. Mm-hmm. He shot a beautiful 143-inch buck in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. 
right after he got done popping a Coke can and throwing it down on the um, ground. It's a beautiful deer, but if you want to actually put the work in and do it consistently, that's why I'm ch- switching up spots. I want to prove to myself that it wasn't luck. Right. Did I just get lucky the last three years? No, you earned it. No, but I want to prove my, prove to myself by finding a new spot if I can do it again. Well, confidence and if is if I can key. do it again and keep getting it, keep improving, always keep improving. Yep. Listen to people, stay humble, and the biggest thing I want that we preach at Five Two Outdoors and you guys preach mm-hmm. is build a legacy. Teach these kids that it's okay to pass deer. Yep. If you want to, somebody said, if you want to prove to somebody that you can kill a big buck but pass it, take a video of it. Yeah. I passed this 120-inch buck. Look, right. I could have killed it, but I didn't. Right. Do a legacy. If the kid wants to shoot a spike, like you said, let him shoot a spike. Get bigger. Teach, teach him. Just keep teaching him. Get him hooked. Like, it's all about passing it down to the next generation and leaving a legacy. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's a good answer. I think there's a lot to be taken from that. I mean, I think there's, there's you know, obviously, that's why we're all sitting here right now is we're wanting to give something back. I mean, that's why I come in here and I sit down and I do these just because, one, I don't like to hear myself talk. I, I really like to talk about hunting. I like to talk about, I like to learn more. Travel? Enough. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Dale. I'm not trying. I'm not Dude. trying to hear it. I'm not trying to hear it. I'm, listen, I've I've rode. Yeah, I've rode in the car long enough to hear you two's conversations. Like, stop, both of you. So, anyways, I think it's it's one of those things that, on that note, we're gonna wind it down. Well, I want I want to add this. Here, see, speaking well, of what talking, this, our guest was really Brent. I, Brent, your social media grind for a company. Is appreciated. You do a, a super job for Five Two Outdoors, yep. on top of chasing your passion and your daily grind and raising right. your family, raising and your family and, and giving. It is literally a grind to keep up with social media and and keeping it going and keeping your brand going and and keeping your Seed King happy. It um definitely. I'm happy all the time. Well, yeah, he's doing a hell of a job. Oh, yeah. I well, he is. That. I mean, he, I, you can tell the difference. And I mean, since he kicked me off it. Then. So there's a great steakhouse down the road. <laughs> right down there in Bronson, Bill's? down there on the Bill Steakhouse. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you He's going the opposite way, so. But I just want to. Not now. He's just three, three minutes. I got one thing to say. I mean, since Brent Brent took over the social media, it's, I mean, the 5-2... The Outdoors has really grown. Um, I mean, just in, in the social media platform, just everything has, I mean, it's taken off. Um, I well, mean, that's why these two guys click so well. Yeah. They kind of got, got that artistic, yeah. hear themselves talk, side, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but then one more thing is, 5-2 Outdoors has a new blend coming out this spring, so be ready. Where are you saying? We sit. We. Oh God! I've been you used, I've you been, use the game no, changer hey, term. It, oh. is, it is. Trust me, you're gonna love it. Oh, I already know. Love I love it. I, I think it's gonna be good. You guys are gonna. Everybody out there, stay tuned. It's gonna be great. Um, there's other stuff coming too, Dale. Don't. Why are you just drop oh, I got, one I mean, thing, the fertilizer man? Stuff. I mean, I got the juice. I, you got I the got, juice. I mean, I'm working on. Four different more fertilizers, seed, biological inoculants, uh, stuff to spray after you spray Roundup to dilute it in the ground and get your microbes seed and get your bacteria going in the ground. That the Whoa, you just did went you, too did tight. Did you catch all that? No. Oh. I mean, I'm, I got no. all that. 
It's good. No, I like that. Yeah. I like all of that stuff yeah. that that's coming. So you guys need to stay tuned and watch uh, what Brent puts up and Dale puts out. And uh, I don't I'll, put anything out. I'm not allowed. I no, I, don't I said what Brent puts um, out. What Dale that I that I, come I just up yeah, with. yeah. I just want to say yeah. though, when we support each other on social media, like I just like to support people that have the same mentality we do. Like when I share, like, or comment on your guys' stuff or promote your guys' stuff to my friends. It's the passion, the yeah. Packer Max, that's, a, that's an amazing product. It can't be beat. I mean, you can get the same stuff for five times the price, but he's right. already got something that's the best. So, um, well, that, I mean, like when you reached out to Brent on Instagram about, you know, working together and all that, I mean, Brent texted me and, I mean, actually he called me, which he, he doesn't do much because he's always so busy. And he's like, dude, you got you to gotta do this. You got to do this. You got to get into this. He goes, he was, he wouldn't shut up. That's he okay. would not shut up. I mean, yeah. he was passionate, dead set. Well, they're claiming that to, that's all we do anyway. Well, but. I had to get a hold of you guys, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, I will. He goes, no, you, seriously, you have to do this. Yeah. I mean, it grows exponentially when you have a whole team that comes together. Well, I think that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's pieces to the puzzle, and the end result the is. Product, in the, in the product, I, you're saying the same thing I'm going to. Yeah, Go ahead. The product. The product, the product, the product. Yep. It's upped our product to be able to expedite equipment that makes it easier. Meeting the backpack sprayer, the juice, the the what's that other crap called? Kale acid. The kale kale ale. Um, you got some kale ale. You got some juice, but you got premium seed, premium seed, premium seed, premium seed, and you got teamwork behind that product that'll help so like my side of the team we get a lot of questions on certain things and when it comes to food plots it just upped our ante to be able to have five two outdoors and we i would consider us more finishers yeah it's a give and take on the end of so we got a great team all around team put together so, Brett, I want to thank you on, on getting that, that put together because it just increased yeah, our it's been arsenal. Good. You know, like, literally I put in five acres of 5-2 yeah. outdoor seed today. Earlier, yeah. Through a cedar, and as I put in a pot, I like, literally had, it was that simple where we, I know what I got in my product. That I put out there. Well, and we're the other thing too is, and, and I, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and tell you this here because this is there's a reason why there's there's tens of thousands of seed companies out there. It's I mean it's a vague, you know what I mean. The industry is saturated with subpar seed, period, and subpar mixes. I can tell you from what we have in the ground, meaning myself and top ten. And what we've done with 5-2 product thus far has been outstanding. Other than maybe where we made a mistake on our own, where we decided to do something that we, you know, we were in a rush and we shortcut something, which we don't do that, but on one of our own farms where we're trying to get somewhere else, that's the only point where, and it was our fault for not knowing. And then afterwards, Dale's like, what are you idiots doing? You should have done this. And then you wouldn't have this problem. And we were still able to fix it because he has the knowledge to be able to recoup that on the backside. But nonetheless, what we're seeing as results 
and the stuff that we're walking into now on places are our, our out of state farms where we're walking into these plots and looking at them and going, what the hell? This is this is fantastic. So what you're doing, Dale, thank you. It's great. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate Remember, keep it simple. Food plot, That's food it. plotting is simple. It's not just Everybody that. Wants it's everything. To overthink it. It's the easiest thing out there. Yeah. You just you don't get into you guys. It's all the social media about you got to do this. Do this. It's, it's simple. I mean, half the seed that we have, you throw it out in your landscape and it's going to grow. I mean, but that's how good our seed is. But, you know, but that's the, the easy, the logistics. I mean, the easiness of it is, you know, it's, I get it all the time. Well, what can I do here, here, here? Well, this is it. Right. That's it. I'm like, right. yep, there you go. Yeah, no, that's huge. Well, if you got 16 acres, you need to have 15 acres of Swiss grass. <laughs> So it looks like Cambodia jungle. Right. And then you, you know, cut there. like a six foot path all the way around a, where you can continually you monitor it by your side by side. $149 a pound. <laughs> right. Times 15. And, and plant. you put it out and then it takes three years. And then 46 <laughs> rows of corn it. in the just, center. Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, it's just an overthought process. I mean, is. don't get me wrong. There is lots of things like you said, Dale. It, it, keep it simple, stupid. That's, that's the slogan. I think it's the same way. I mean... Sometimes we overthink this. I mean, we're so passionate about these animals and what we do and wanting to hunt them and harvest harvest large ones of, at, at that. 85% of the property must have food plots on it, period. Right. I mean, I've, I've, yeah. Lately, I've had a lot of new guys that have never put food. I mean, I had a guy, kid, you know, I've been working. I don't, I text him. He's been texting a lot. He want, He was trying to reach out to me for three weeks and was embarrassed. I'm like, he finally called me. And he's telling me this. I'm like, why? He goes, I got it. My food plot's like an eighth of an acre. I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, he goes, I've tried for three years. I've had my buddies show me this, tell me this, and do this. I'm like, you know, I sat, listened to him. I met him. Mm-hmm. I got him seed. And he called me last week and said, dude, I'm, I, my buddies don't believe it. Hey. You know, I said, you know, what do you it want? It doesn't mean, matter. I mean, it's, seed, you, you're growing it. He goes, I, that's what I'm saying. He goes, this stuff is, you know, six, eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. And there's anything that popped out of the ground yet. We plan on the same day. Lots of leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm growing mm-hmm. that on a volleyball court. Yeah. Brent's testing the cal acid on pure sand. Test to come later. I got <laughs> On the volleyball court. I got court. pictures to prove it. Huh. You can grow lots of leaves on pure sand. With so. the juice. And I, know, I know the cal acid works. I mean... The the five two juice has been around for years. I mean, I hooked up with a, you know, national agricultural company that's been using this for twenty plus years. Right. It's now just getting into the food plots. Yeah, that's us. huge. Yeah, it's huge. So, all right. On that note, growing relationships here have have, have you know they're flourishing. Hopefully, we're the next time we meet. Obviously, we'll have lots of conversations in between. But the next time we're here, we're sharing success stories. Or we're, you know, we're podcasting. Maybe we're podcasting from Dale's place in KY down there. Um, who knows? You know, what what we'll be doing. Maybe I'll be with you guys in Illinois. Who knows? A couple I mean, more just, weeks for Kentucky. Yeah, we're we're at the countdown. So, you know, September I mean. September 3rd. September 3rd. Yeah, Find it's around the corner. I mean, see what happens. So, other than that, I want to thank you guys again for joining me yeah, in uh, Tribal today. And um, it's been good. Lots of good information. And I think a lot of people can take some stuff away from this. It's going to be a little bit different. So, hey, Brad, sorry, we got into like 80 different conversations. But, <laughs> but that's how it works around here. We all run on tangents. Okay, <laughs> I kept going. 
I'm used Remember. to it. I'm used yeah. To it. yeah. So... Anyways, uh, as we wrap it up, again, thanks, you guys, for joining us. If you haven't, check them out on social media, 52outdoors.com or 52outdoors, again, F-I-V-E, 2outdoors, spelled out. Um, the other thing is YouTube, our YouTube. Get on there. Subscribe now. Do it. Your mom called and told me that you should do it. So if you haven't, you're going to be in trouble. Other than that, um, stay tuned for up and coming craziness from top 10 and everything that we have going. Hopefully we'll have some success stories, new videos dropping here in the next week or so on uh, YouTube as well. So, um, we're going to hit the, uh, the deer world hard with everything we got going. So other than that, thank you again for all the likes, subscribes and uh, everybody following along and, uh, we will catch you on the next one. Bye.